Well, hello there, friend, and welcome to the My Adoption Coach Podcast. I am so glad that you decided to join us today. My name is Amanda, and I'm an adoption profile expert. I help hopeful adoptive families create, edit, and share their adoption profiles with expectant families so that you can match faster. I do this by giving you step-by-step resources to help you all along your adoption journey. So let's dive right in. If we haven't met yet, my name is Amanda, and I'm an adoption profile expert. I've worked in marketing for some of the largest brands in the world for well over 20 years, and I have a bachelor's and master's in journalism and a deep passion for connecting expectant families and hopeful adoptive families. I've spent well over a thousand hours talking with expectant and birth families to understand why they pick certain families over another. I've taken that experience and my passion for adoption to help hopeful adoptive families tell their stories through the creation and sharing of their adoption profiles. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please click the little three dots in the top right-hand corner if you're listening to this on Apple and click follow the show. That's going to allow you to be notified each week when I release new episodes. You guys know how I love my list and my step-by-step process because that's just how my brain thinks. Containers of information, right? So we're going to talk about seven things to look for when you're choosing an adoption agency partner. And if you've already picked your adoption agency partner, don't be worried. These will still help you to evaluate whether or not you have the right partner. And most importantly, I'll also give you a few little tips here or there that if you are in that spot that you don't think you've picked the right partner, how you can really kind of salvage the relationship to make it still work so that you don't lose your financial investment. Okay, so. Tip number one or thing number one to look for when you are choosing an agency partner is that you can easily communicate to them. Are they easily reachable? And then two, can you generally be on the same page when it comes to the questions you're asking and the information they're providing? Is there any sort of big communication barrier? Now, this can be a little hard when you're just starting out because they're going to use words that don't make sense to you. They're going to say things like revocation period and finalization and TPR and ICPC and like all of these other things. And Google will be your friend, my my dear friend. Jump into the My Adoption Coach Facebook, ask whatever. That is your safe space. As always, we'll answer whatever questions you have. Or you can look on my website too. I have tons of different lists of acronyms and things like that to help you out as well. But the core thing that I want you to know here is that you've got to easily be able to communicate with them. And if it is clunky in the interview, remember you're interviewing them, but if it's clunky in that interview, then maybe not, or maybe take a second run at it before you make that financial investment. Okay. Thing number two that you want to look for when you're choosing your adoption agency partner is that they are flexible and transparent. Now, They will have a process by which they want you to follow so that you can see success in your adoption journey. And that is totally normal. And you want them to have a process. If they don't have a process, get out, run fast, fast, fast. Like do not give them any money whatsoever. But you want them to be able to be transparent about how the process works, why it works that way. And you want them to be flexible in case that doesn't exactly meet with your particular ideal of your adoption journey. You probably hear me say a lot that there is no one size fits all when it comes to adoptions. 
And your agency will try to put you into a one size fits all type of approach just because that's their normal operating procedure. But really what makes the difference between just an agency and a great or good agency is that they're going to be a little flexible if they need to be based upon your situation. Okay. So don't be afraid to ask the question, to expect an answer. And if they don't give you an answer that feels really comfortable to you, ask again, ask in a different way. And if you still don't feel comfortable, refer back to number one, you can't communicate with each other, bail out, like move on to the next agency. Okay. Now let's look at uh, thing number three that I feel is really important when it comes to choosing an adoption agency. I think that they should give you the freedom and flexibility to create your profile as you need to. Now, they're of course going to have a format that they prefer, but oftentimes this becomes a real, quite honestly, moneymaker for adoption agencies. And I hate to say it that way, but there is a lot of overhead when it comes to hiring adoption profile experts into their business. They're paying their salaries and they're paying, of course, all of their like, you know, uh, carrying costs, if you will, from a basic business perspective. And I'm not si saying don't hire these people. Totally fine to do so. But you need to do it with the level of expectation of what type of service you're going to get from them. Are they going to let you be flexible in what you need to provide, but yet follow their best practices? And if they're not, are they going to allow you to hire an external party and not pay those charges to have them create your adoption profile for you? Again, you want to have an agency partner that has a process that they typically follow that are willing to have a transparent conversation with you when you feel like you want to ebb and flow in that overall adoption journey, okay? So step number four, and this again is the real um, sad part for me when it comes to adoption profiles within an agency model. And quite honestly, the, the reason why I started this journey is because a lot of agencies aren't transparent with where the money goes when it comes to adoption outreach or adoption advertising or sharing or driving traffic to your profile for um, versus what you're spending. So let me just give you a really clear example. There are some really well-known agencies out there that will charge you five or $10,000 or even more usually and call it your advertising or your marketing budget. But what they're actually doing is using that as a way to drive traffic to their agency overall. And listen, there are definitely some cost advantages to that because you're paying it one time of year, right? And then you're going to get the benefit of the traffic of other couples that come in behind you that go on the list. And just to make sure that we're super clear, they can click off of your profile and go to someone else when it's your month that you're funding that investment, just as much as they can click off of their profile and come back to you on the month that they're funding that investment. And it's just really important that you understand that that's how it works, that the actual uh, creative that's being shown in those ads is not John and Sarah adopt. It is come to my wonderful adoption agency. We're going to be a great fit for you, Miss Expectant Mother. And then once they get there, then the agency is going to decide whether or not they want to share your profile. 
So I come across a lot of hopeful adoptive families that are like, well, I'm paying for a Facebook ad this month. And I'm like, no, sweetheart. What you're actually paying for is for that agency to advertise themselves on Facebook. So you want to make sure that you're really clear about what creative is being shown, where's the link going from that particular investment, and so that you know that the traffic is coming to you. And you should be getting traffic reports. You should be able to see how much money they're investing on your behalf, how many people are coming to your profile, how many people are clicking into that profile and really reading and getting to know you a little bit more. And then are they following up with those people to have an additional conversation? And sometimes they can do that based upon the way they're advertising and sometimes they can't. But listen, this is literally my day job, my corporate day job. And it is an area that I feel really passionate about when it comes to hopeful adoptive families being really clear on how their money's being spent and how effective it is, okay? So I know I got a little soapboxy there for a moment. And listen, I don't intend any, um, you know, accusations or any mistrust or anything like that to other adoption agencies. I just think it's really important that you know how your money's being spent and that you are keenly aware of what you can be doing to drive that a little faster. Okay. So before we move on to step number five, or excuse me, thing number five to look at, uh, you guys know I'm always about steps. So thing number five to consider when choosing an adoption agency, I want to make sure that you're aware of the free profile trainings that I offer. Um, I believe we're right at the tail end of wrapping up our kind of latest series, but you can still head on over to myadoptioncoach.com backslash profile training and grab yourself a seat so that you can show up live to a, uh, a profile training that I'm offering. And you can ask me any questions that you have. If you happen to miss it for some reason, you can jump into the Facebook group and ask your questions there, of course. But it's always best that you show up live because I walk you through the process where I actually teach people how to create, edit, and share their adoption profiles. And I give you kind of all the latest and greatest information as it relates to what my one-to-one clients are seeing. And it doesn't matter if you're matching through an adoption agency, an adoption attorney, or a consultant, or even self-matching, all of the tips that I give to you in that training really are tailored so that it'll work for everyone. And of course, I have other resources that I can give you based upon those specific areas of matching. Okay, so now let's talk about um, areas of matching. And that really comes into thing number five you should look for in an adoption agency. And that is that they are encouraging you to pursue multiple methods of matching. Uh, say that 10,000 times fast, right? But really what that means is they're like, yes, I will go and help share your adoption profile, but they also want you to go share it as well. And um, in doing so, they're asking you to be an active participant in your adoption journey. They're asking you to actually go out and help find expectant parents. Now, moving into tip number or thing number six that you should look for in an adoption agency is that when you are self-matching and are trying to go and share your profile yourself, that that adoption agency is actually going to help you kind of screen those opportunities to make sure you're a good fit for each other. And saying it in a less delicate way, they're going to help you screen out scammers, right? And scammers is the number one reason why a lot of people choose not to self-match their adoption because they're like a lot of wasted energy, time, and money. But if you have an adoption agency, 
you can actually set up your social media profiles, your website to all point back to the agency as the point of contact. You're just sharing it in different ways, again, to try to help get more eyeballs on your profile. So it is really important that you're looking for an adoption agency partner that is really wanting you to do all you can and that they are doing all they can. And hear me say really, you know, crisply and clearly, I know that you are paying them to match you. But if you are fine with just sitting around and waiting until that happens, then great. Make peace with it and move on with your life and wait for the phone to ring someday. If you're not fine with just setting around and waiting for it to happen, then you need to take matters in your own hands. You want an agency partner that's going to support you in that endeavor by encouraging you to do this. Okay. But the last thing, uh, thing number seven, when it comes to looking for the right adoption agency partner, especially when you are self-matching, is that when you bring an opportunity to this agency, they're not going to share uh, an other hopeful adoptive parent profiles with expectant mothers without your permission. You need to be able to do the, the due diligence to ensure that you're the right fit before other expectant parents come in, to, or excuse me, hopeful adoptive parents come into play. Now, I know some people may feel like, ooh, that's getting on the line, but you have to remember that she reached out to you, right? That's how this opportunity came about. She wanted to learn more information about you. You're having, she's then having a conversation with an agent, with the agency to determine if you're really the right fit for each other. And if she says you're not the right fit, then that's the time in which they should notify you that, Hey, she doesn't believe you're the right fit. You talk about it. You don't really get approval or say so, right? In, in that, but it's more of a professional courtesy and really making sure that you're building the right type of relationship with your adoption agency, but they need to come tell you that before they just hand her another stack of profiles in order to, uh, you know, potentially match with them. I have a lot of clients that I help in a kind of assisted self-match environment, if you will, where they're working with an adoption agency and we work together on their profile and then I run their social media for them. And what that means is that I'm creating their posts and their graphics, and I'm posting that on behalf of them on Facebook. And so um, when I'm doing that, I'm seeing the messages that come in as a result of that. And I, you know, making sure that those all get funneled through the hopeful adoptive family and ultimately into the adoption agency. And there are some times where I can see in the chat where the adoption agency, you know, kind of starts stepping in and responding on behalf and they actually just automatically start going to other families on their wait list. And I will tell you, those agencies to me are just not fulfilling their end of the bargain, if you will, with the hopeful adoptive family. Now, clearly hear me say she, the expectant parent is in the driver's seat. She is making the choice, but it should be her choice and it shouldn't be. I reached out to learn more about John and Sarah. And as a response, the adoption agencies then giving them five of five other profiles to consider before they've gotten the opportunity to know John and Sarah. Okay. So there you have it. The seven things that I really think you should look for when you're picking out a great adoption agency, especially in this hybrid world of independent and self-matching along with using an adoption agency. 
And really the combination of the two is what I'm starting to see trend in the right direction as it relates to favorably impacting the overall speed of your adoption journey. It is allowing a much smoother and um, safer supported experience for hopeful adoptive families when you have someone, you know, kind of posting on your social media and that connected back into your agency from a kind of a screening process perspective. And then you can really get to know somebody on a deeper level and decide whether or not you're the right fit. So I trust that this um, kind of mini training, if you will, today has been incredibly helpful for you. And if you're at the point of really trying to unpack this and understand really what it means, I do hope to see you in that training or another training coming up again sometime in the future. Remember, anything is possible with the right plan and support. And I've got your back every step of the way. I'll see you soon, friend.